Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath, and I am fired up for this conversation. I got my man, Luke at Memory Machines on the podcast to talk about a topic and a individual that is near and dear to my heart. We're talking about Andrew Luck. We're talking about going against the grain and collecting based on memories, nostalgia. I really enjoy Luke's page. He has stories, memories associated with what he buys. And I wanted to bring him on the podcast on the heels of the athletics at Kiefer dropping the Luck podcast to talk a little bit about what 12 means to him in his collection. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the follow, subscribe, all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, happy Friday. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I'm excited about this topic. I'm excited about the guests. Um, We're going to be talking about collecting against the grain and focusing on the memories no better person to do it than someone with the handle at Memory Machines. I'm joined by Luke. Luke is a big Colts guy, so you might you're gonna have to put up with us um, in this episode. He's a big Andrew Luck collector, um, but I felt like as I was preparing for this episode, he was the right guy to chat with. But without further ado, Luke, welcome. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. This is it's like this is a little surreal. This is this is super cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me in. Yeah, no doubt. So maybe to start, like your bio said. Okay, so the topic is like collecting against the grain, but then focusing on memories. And your bio says it's simple: sports cards, stories, and memories. And I was like preparing for this conversation. And I was just like, man, doesn't this kind of just seem a little weird that like you know, we collect cards and we collect cards to associate it with memories, but from a hobby, like macro perspective, it kind of feels like it's going against the grain a little bit. I wanted to like, start there. Isn't that kind of, doesn't that just seem kind of weird to you? (laughs) It does start seeming kind of weird, but then I think about like objects in general, like why human beings value objects. We value them for a ton of different reasons. Like we, we value, you know, like if you think about family heirlooms, right? They're passed down across your family to invoke feelings of lineage, nostalgia, what came before to make you consider yourself in a place. Some folks collect objects because they're investment properties. Like you see a lot of that in sports cards. It's about an item and its value accruing over time. Uh, for me, it's it's really, I mean, I don't, it's not really any of those things. It's, it's not really about passing stuff along to my kids. It's, to me, it's about uh, time machines. It's about portals into into places I've been and to places that I someday, some days want to go back to. And so uh, when I was thinking about like even doing a thing like this, like, you know, getting back into cards, I was thinking about why, because I try to think about the why for almost everything that I'm, I'm doing. And it was like, well, I, I said this to you, like, I just want to get, I want to find feelings and get people, get people in their feelings through stories, whether it's something that resonates with them or something that like triggers a response in them, makes them think about their own collection, makes them, you know, next time they pick up these, these cool pictures of, men and women on cardboard, it, maybe it takes them somewhere, somewhere different, somewhere unique to them. Like, I believe that we are, as humans, just products of a series of, of memories. And so that was like the, the kind of highfalutin idea that I, I set out to, to you know, mess around with all this stuff on. And 
you know, then, then, you know, Andrew's, Andrew's a big part of that for me. We're going to get to Andrew coming up really quickly, but I, I'm curious just based on your description and what you said, and I, I can uh, agree with kind of the reasons why you approach collecting the way you do. Have you, do you find that you draw easier connections with other people or other collectors in the space who might not think and operate exactly like you, but are kind of in it for similar reasons? There've been, there've been some other folks who's, who's like content and stuff I've, I've seen and been like, oh, that's an awesome, that's an awesome lens to look at this through. Like, um, one of them is, uh, an individual named rookie underscore central, like whose stuff I found pretty early and it's just like highly prolific everyday posting, but it's always like through the lens of baseball and history and their own personal life. And I was like, God damn, that's, that's really good. And the consistency is incredible, but like, yeah, it, it's, it's less. I mean, it's more about the historical nature of sport, which I think is an awesome, an awesome lane, especially for something like baseball. And then for me, I try to think of it through the lens of, you know, your own personal, your own personal experiences. Like how's the, you know, what is like, it's so goofy, but like, what do sports cards have to do with being a parent? What does it have to do with, you know, how you think about your work? What's it have to do with, you know, sitting on the couch with your father? Like I got into the Colts because of Jim Harbaugh and I got into Jim Harbaugh because went to Michigan where my father went. And so it was this way that I can go all the way back to, you know, you know, in my like, you know, preteens, like trying to connect with my father through sports. So I was like, you worked all the time. I was trying to connect to him. And I was like, oh, he likes Jim Harbaugh. I went to Michigan, like the Colts, like maybe I can, you know, I was like, I was trying to make excuses for us to spend time together. And, you know, like, oh shit, that's why you like Jim Harbaugh. You're like, that's how you got to the Colts. Like, yeah, it started there. It started with my dad. And like, I think for a lot of folks, the, the things they value come from these like really early moments in their lives, you know, in, in you know, investors and things like that. I'm not trying to, to poo poo any of that. That's like a, a different impulse. But then if you dig into why, like, what are you trying to do? Like if you're trying to make a bunch of money, it's maybe because you want to secure future for yourself, your family, like, where's it come from? Where, well, yeah. What's your reason? What's your way in? Like, I, I think about this stuff way too much. So, so I love the story about your dad and connecting and the, the Colts I feel like everybody has intention and has a purpose with the cards that they're buying. And the more you're in the hobby, the more you evolve. But to me, maybe it's people just don't want to make themselves vulnerable and make, want to share those moments, want to share those connections. And that's fine. Like everyone's got their own prerogative. But for me, I I tend to connect with the pages and the car uh, accounts that are posting the cards and then, then have the story or have the caption to share with us, this is why they're making the buys that they do because there's some sort of personal attachment or some sort of story associated with it. So um, I don't know, like I often say, like, I wish more people would tell stories about what they're buying instead of just posting the card, but I know you're kind of big into stories. So maybe like, how do, how do stories fit in with kind of the individual cards you buy and then we'll jump into the Andrew Luck stuff. When I was, I mean, truly, when I started thinking about the the idea of the project, it was a, in my head, it was a project. I was going to do the, I, I called to my significant other, the memory machines project. I didn't know how long I was going to do it for. I thought, you know, maybe every year I'll pick a different like class of objects. Like I think, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm like probably a little older than, than some folks I'm in my like early forties. And I think we find this flitting between hobbies sometimes. Like we might have different interests. Like I see a, a massive stack of records behind you. I detect other hobbies and interests. 
And I was like, well, maybe the memory machines project will, will start off and be a meditation on sports cards and then I'll migrate it into, into something else over time. But I don't, I don't really know. But I wanted to start off with things that made me, made me really look back at when I was a kid because part of getting older is looking back and, you know, our memories play this like cruel trick on us. Like you, you know, <laughs> my bigger kids say stuff like the summer went by so fast. I'm like, well, in the moment, the summer doesn't feel fast, but it's because the way we store data you only remember like five things from your summer. And so then summer looks really fast and that, that becomes life. And so I started off and I really was looking at like early nineties, <laughs> like early nineties. Like when I was a kid, like my first post was a like an awesome one of one luck that I thought was beautiful. But one of the first cards I bought was this like, you know, 91 upper deck Deion Sanders. Like there's no, there's no market for that. But I remember, I remember pulling that card out of the 91 upper deck set. And I, I, I love that set. I thought that set was so, so awesome. And I'm like, Deion Sanders, like ESPN, like the first thing I wanted to do as a, as a young warthog, man, I wanted to be on sports center. That was like eighth grade. We'd be talking about sports center, you know, be staying up late watching sports center, talking about it the next day at school. I love that. And, uh, you know, NFL primetime, huge. When I was a kid, I miss it. You know, and it came back, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same because you're older. And so I wanted stuff that like card, like in, in, a successful buy to me is a card that really portals, portals me all the way back to something like that. And they're not all, they're not all successful buys like that. Um, and, and there's a different set of criteria here too, which is, you know, uh, I have like a, you know, a, I think you have a BGS 10 maybe of it, but that uh, 2011 Topps Chrome Peyton Manning. That card's amazing. I got that card from uh, Drake. Like I, he had a second one and it was like one of my first series of conversations with anyone in the hobby. And he, he, you know, I took, he let me, he let me buy it off of him. And that card create, like created a memory. It creates a, you know, it creates an imprint of a person who, you know, I still talk to regularly to this day. It's like a like lawful good in D and D terms. He's amazing, you know? Uh, and we've done other stuff since then. I was, you know, like, like Drake will, Drake will upgrade. And I'm like, Oh, can I get your, can I get, you got a 9.5? Can you got your PSA 9 still? Can I get that from you? Like, you know, like and that's just because I'm like, oh, I'm building out this like Tops Chrome, you know, early mating Tops Chrome thing and uh, in black, like black refactors. And every time Drake upgrades, I've been, in the, I've been in there trying to flesh it out. But that's like building this, this thing that 10 years from now, I'll look back on this time in my life and Drake and those paid mating cards will be a part of it. So it's, it's not just what's going to take me back. It's also about, about what's going to, anchored now and in 10 more years i'll look back so so you're so you're the other guy i guess when we're all pestering jake you're that you've let the cat out of the bag um uh it's a podcast doesn't go by without a drake mention so i know he's listening shout out drake's pc um let's get into the andrew luck of it all so uh man so much to say so many memories um let's just start here we're going to talk about the podcast I want to just get your take and perception of just how you absorbed all that, but maybe just let's start here. Like Andrew Luck, it was short lived, but very, very impactful. Like what does, what, and I know you collect a lot of him, but like, what does Andrew Luck, the person and player mean to you? So the player to me, he's prototype. Like he's what the Mahomes, the Josh Allen's like, these are descendants of what I think luck was going to be like, uh, like luck had, everything arm talent brain whole thing all the processing uh he just didn't have the right team around him and that's what the podcast talks about and so there's like the on the field part of luck that i that i loved i love watching him i still watch i like beyond my 
MacBook in bed, <laughs> watching Andrew Luck highlights still to this day. Like I'm like, oh, you yeah, know, nothing else is on. I'll watch some, watch some Luck stuff. But then there's the personal side. Like he's he's like quirky and different and like dedicated. But then he had this like in the podcast talks about this like series of like physical tragedies that let that like forced him out of the thing that he loved and he walked away and we look at we look at that like it's a it's a bad thing like we you know into this day still like i'm sure there are investors and stuff for fans who are like way out over their skis on on cards you know and it's like that's like that stinks uh but for for me with andrew the fact that he like stepped away is actually something i like celebrate like i celebrate the fact that he you know shows up at the national championship or whatever it was earlier this year skinny he's got a sick mustache and uh, he looks great. And he just says, I'm enjoying being a dad. And like, you know, a, a recent, you're a recent parent. I have a, I have a, I have a whole litter of them here. And uh, dude, I love the shit out of being a dad and to, you know, come home from working or finish working and then get to go be a dad. Like that's, I love it. Like, that's amazing. And so, you know, part of, part of what resonates so much about luck with me is he made in, in a bunch of ways, the hard, he took the, the road less traveled again. Like and that podcast talks to you about the way Luck is so it was so different with his approach to the sport, his approach to architecture, like all the stuff that you're like, that's not what I would have expected. And so it's like a road less traveled there. And, and, uh, yeah, just, yeah, man, I like, I love that guy. Like, I just, yeah, I love him. I wish he was still playing, but I'm so happy that he's like stepped away and disappeared. So when you go out and seek and buy cards to gain further attachment to luck and to kind of trigger those memories, feel like you're buying them from a place of, um, you know, nostalgia. You're buying them from a place of, you know, continuing a connection where it, it seems like the hobby is kind of just as a whole, maybe over indexed on I'm buying this player to gain, um, you know, further, um, you know, have these cards go up. I'm, I'm buying this because I want to make money off of them down the road. Um, I have like, how does I, I I've been a part of both sides. I get both sides. I think the collecting a player because of attachment is ultimately, if you're playing the long game, more rewarding than the other one, but maybe like talk to me a little bit about just like when you're going out and you're searching and you're trying to find Andrew Luck cards, he's not the, he, if he were still playing, he'd be right up there with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, like you, you were saying, but he's not the most popular or invoked player right now. So maybe like talk to me a little bit about just like collecting someone that the hobbies not kind of on the top of the mountain screaming out, go buy this guy now. Like talk to me a little bit about what that's like. It can be, uh, it can be simultaneously pretty easy to come by stuff and then really hard to price stuff away. Cause you'll have folks who, you know, I, there's like a, there's, you know, there's only eight, there's 10 of them. You know, I want the, tw- the 2012 Luck Prism Gold Rookie. I want one. Like, I would like to have one. I would like, I have a spot for it. I have money for it. I want one. It's hard to get. It's hard to come by. It's hard to track down. And the folks who are into that card, dude, they might be into that card for five digits. Like, I have no idea how much they're into that card. And if you're into, that, into a card for that much, I imagine I've never been into a card. Like, I've never been that far over my skis, you know, if it, I haven't been to a card that much. I imagine it's hard to let it go for less than you paid. I imagine it's hard to take the, take a loss on it. And so there's like a, it should be available, but it's, but it's not. And, and, you know, when I, when I came back and started buying, uh, I, I started buying 
you know, uh, probably in, I have to look, but probably like early spring a year ago, I think it was right after, yeah, it was close to my, my, my youngest turning one. So I was thinking about like hobbies in my life and what's the way that I want to like prime the environment that he's going to grow up in. Like, what's the thing that I would want to put around him or in my spaces, like he, that he sees and gets kind of exposed to. And I was like, ah, sports, of course, like obviously sports. And, uh, and that was this period where people thought luck might come back. There's a period where people like post post. If you remember, I think it was post rivers pre Wentz, I think, mm. but I'm an old guy. Memories, funny. there was like, luck might come back thing. If there was this little, I didn't know at the time, there's this little surge, this little like uptick of stuff that, that came out. And so I ended up, I ended up being able to get a few things there that I haven't seen since. Like I haven't seen another contenders crack dice, Andrew Luck show up. And when I bought that card, dude, I didn't realize what I didn't think. I didn't understand the significance of a cracked ice card in the hobby. Cause I was just coming back. I was like, that's just a cool Andrew Luck card. That just looks awesome. I have no idea. I had no idea that that's this parallel mattered in any way. And so it was just kind of buying from a mix of like naivety and buying from gut and like, what did I love? And then over time, you, like I learn, I hear what I, I understand like, Oh, that's what that parallel means. Oh, I got kind of lucky. Got kind of lucky grandma. One of those. I'm like that card. I'll, I'll keep that card forever. But then I'll look at the, the playoff the playoff variant from that same year, I'll be like, oh, that's a card I'd move because because I have the cracked dice, I have the play. And if I could find another luck collector who's like really excited about it, then I'm, you know, I'm happy to part ways with stuff like that because it's gonna go to a better home. It's gonna go to someone who who loves it and needs it. I'm not trying to hoard anything. Like I like what only I only need one of those cards to to get me feeling about uh Andrew Luck 2012. You know, I don't need I don't need all the gold uh prism luck. I've been at a couple shows, I think it was the same dealer both times i've seen it live in the flesh and then i saw the sticker and there was no there was no moving off of the sticker and it was likely because of the reason probably bought it at a spot and doesn't want to necessarily back down so i don't know like i've debated in my mind because i want to be a owner of that car too i don't know what the right way to go wait it out or what it is but i think it teaches us a lesson and i love uh, maybe like for us to spend some time on this, it just you see what people are paying for these young, unproven quarterbacks right now. And you look at us as fans of the Colts and Luck and the trajectory and where he was going. And yeah, there were some setbacks with the injuries, but like literally, like all it takes is one injury or multiple injuries or just that moment where, you know, a player who's highly coveted says, you know what, like, I want to be a dad. I I'm done with the NFL. And then all of a sudden the value of their cards go down. So I, I don't know, like you, you, I'm, I think there's a, a good part of a benefit of the fact that maybe you and I weren't collecting when luck was in his prime, or we might be, we'd have these cards we love, but we might be holding the bag a little bit for what we bought them with. But I don't know, like what kind of, what kind of lessons do you think we as a hobby can learn from like the Andrew luck sudden retirement? And just like the implications of it. Um, I, I, I don't think there's like a, I don't think there's like a lesson that is uh, unknowable, right? It's the inherent risk of speculative purchasing. I saw like, uh, I saw some post in my feed about a, you know, baseball Julio Rodriguez card sell for whatever, 270 or $240,000. I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe second coming. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe just maybe the, maybe, or maybe the next Mike Trout, whose cards I imagine might go down with this crazy back injury that, you know, God knows no one wants, like it's, it's speculative. It's a, there's a version of it that is, you know, gambling adjacent in some way. And that's okay. Like that just, that's the risk profile, right? Like if you're, it's a lot like, 
It's a lot like financial investment. Like you can have a variety of risks that you're taking into your profile. Your time horizon is a thing to consider. Like what, you know, what's my liquidity on a card like this? And for, you know, for me, my liquidity on cards, like I'm not super interested in moving a lot of stuff. Like I'm just not like, it's not, I don't, I don't buy to move. I don't buy to flip stuff. Um, I buy because I love stuff. And, and that's just, that's just me. When I see cards that other folks post and sell and flip, I'm like that and the hustle and the grind, like that's amazing. Have fun, dude. That's, that's a blast. I don't have the, I don't have the stomach for that. I like consistency. I don't have the, I kind of don't have, I'm not wired that way. I'm wired for the a more like conservative approach and it makes, you know, it makes buying cool Manning stuff easy because you're buying an awesome hall of famer. You know, it makes, you know, it makes, you know, you look at a Brady card and you're like, oh man, you know, he's the, he is the best player ever. Like, what is the Brady card someday that I'd look at adding? Like, I don't know, but someday I should, I want one university of Michigan guy who killed our team for years. Uh, you know, why not? But it's, it's, it, to me, it's, there's not like a hobby lesson. I think it's just a, it's like a, a series of approaches that different people have. And like the, you know, why we buy is this is like a, why we buy is a lot like that opening thing I asked, like why human beings you know, value objects. You know? So it, we're all going to have our reasons. I love that. Uh, and I could probably riff on that for an entire episode, but I'll pull myself out from it and ask you, you mentioned luck, the person and why you connect with them. And there are some, I can relate with a lot of what you said, but maybe let's like talk about some on the field. Let's ignite some of these memories. When you think about Andrew Luck, you think about his career in Indianapolis. Let's let's keep it exclusive to Indy, not talk about Stanford. But when you think about the days as uh, the leader in the kind of of the Indianapolis Colts, like what are some of the the first memories that come to your mind? Uh, the, uh, there's like the famous mic'd up, the mic'd up where he's just getting the shit kicked out of him, <laughs> and every just patting guys on the helmet, like great hit. Like I'm like how, how? Like, the there's like this, there's an approach that I see there that is just like this positivity in the face of adversity. And when I, you know, it's so much easier to do when athletes are gone to like really look back and try to appreciate what they were doing in that moment. But that, that like attitude and approach, like how are you wired this way? Like, how do you, like, how do you, how do you take that on? So like, I think that, that, that sticks out to me. I think that another thing that sticks out to me, which isn't really about Lux's career as much as it is about the year before he got there, when you're like finding this line between like, good Lord, like this team's terrible, suck for luck. Is it going to happen? Like, I rem- like it, you're like torn up between like, am I really hoping for this thing? But the team, I'm going to suffer this whole year. The team's going to, team's going to stink. Uh, I think everyone probably references the, the Kansas City playoff game. Like it was just on NFL Network probably like six weeks ago or something. I watched it again. Um, you just, it's just like a, this guy, yeah, he's it. You're watching it like his, this is it. He's the guy, uh, the Peyton Manning, uh, dueling, like being Peyton was a huge deal. Um, even though I remember, I, I remember talking to my, my, like my best friend about this, like as that game was happening, it's like, I'm torn. Cause like, I actually, you know, I wanted to see Peyton win another championship period. I wanted him to win somewhere else. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, this will help him. This will help put him over you know, in the, in the, in the goat debate, unbeknownst to me, how much more Super Bowl victory we would be suffering for Mr. Brady. But, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, so I'm like, I was thinking, I was thinking like a meta picture of the Broncos versus Colts of like, oh, it's about legacy. Luck's going to have time. Wrong again. Um, but, you know, so just stuff like that sticks out to me. I was fortunate to be in the building for the Kansas City game and for the uh, 
uh, a Peyton game, beating Peyton. And I think about those two games specifically, and I think about all the Manning games I went to and every all the moments. And if I were to like document like t- top favorite Colts being in the stadium moments ever, like those two, like they'd be they'd be up there. And it was during the luck era. I also think about the Packers game with Reggie Wayne. It was just that was unreal his rookie year. But I think about those moments and the memories and like at, at the at at the top being a Colts fan and it's just like I'm not the only one like who who wears blue and is fond of those memories and is fond of those experiences and might have been in the stadium. And so while Andrew Luck might not be the most collectible player in the hobby right now, I don't think those moments of nostalgia and those memories ever truly die. Can you see a world like look into your crystal ball, like 10, 15 years from now, do you think like when the dust settles and people are finally over the fact that Andrew Luck's never going to come back and play football again, there will start to be an appreciation for him once again, like we're talking about right now. I think appreciation in terms of like acknowledging that the talent, I think that the podcast, um, the podcast that just came out went down the road on this in some ways, like talking about, you know, it was a reminder to me of, just the immense amount of adversity this dude was dealing with, which I had like bluntly, like not remembered as clearly as I thought I had like the, you know, I would have failed quizzes on how much time he missed because, you know, my brain doesn't really, you know, remember those seasons. Like you're a season ticket holder. I live way the F I'm way far away from the Midwest. And so uh, I don't remember, I don't remember him not being there as, as much And that podcast, like cemented how little he was around in a bunch of ways. I hope, I hope that people come back around on him, like get, get past the emotion of it. But I don't think that's, I don't think that's the way humans are made right now. Like, I think there's going to be, you know, there's going to be other Colts quarterbacks. There's going to be other, you know, like it, it, it's not like we went Brett Favre, Andrew Rock or Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Like we went Peyton Manning and then a short stint, a handful of years with Andrew Luck. And it could have been, it could have been this like, oh my gosh. And instead it's just, oh my. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if, if people don't come around, that's great. Maybe you and I are going to end up this 2012 gold at some point. <laughs> so I'm okay with that. It's like, I, I don't need, I don't, I don't, and I don't think you do either. I don't need, I don't need other people. I don't need other people's like love to like mm-hmm. validate how I feel about the guy. Like the guys, you know, that he chose, he like, he was forced in a bunch of ways to make a cho- choice, but he chose to go be dad. And I'm like, that is amazing that shit's hard it's really hard you know <laughs> we 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 keep referencing the uh the luck podcast put out by the athletic put together by zach Kiefer. um if you haven't listened to it go check it out i've been plugging it a lot it, i binged it i was like i don't know i was hit with so many emotions listening to it was you mentioned like the time frame between like that he missed which when you listen to like a episodic podcast about it it really starts to hit being like man like that, there was a lot of time in there, but then when he came back, how phenomenal he was, was there anything else in that podcast that you learned about luck or that's something that just hit you when you think about that podcast that, uh, resonated with you after you were done binging it? I think there was, I'm going to totally misremember it maybe, but I'll try to pull it together here. Like the, there was like a moment that got called on the podcast as like with Quentin Nelson talking about like, we're getting like. Right. Like, and, and thinking about, you know, this like road grader who 
I love Quentin Nelson. Like I, I, I love him. I like, you know, I like, I look at Quentin Nelson the way I look at a guy like Rob Gronkowski who made tight end fun to, to root for as a position. Right. And I'm like, Quentin Nelson, his ceiling to me is make offensive line fun, like fun to root for. I don't know if he's going to find that ceiling or not, but like in my head, his ceiling is, is, is like the Gronkowski of the offensive line, like maybe less of a party guy. Cause he's got a little lower charisma but there was this beat in the in the athletic podcast about Quentin asking if they're going to get Andrew Andrew back, and that yeah I think that I think that was the, a, a beat, and I was like damn like the answer was not a yes yeah and that yeah that stuck out to me and then imagining you know you you and I work in team environments like you you lose key members of your team and it it stings and you're looking at those environments going like hope we get that person back in this case you weren't going to and there's like a tinge of sadness to the whole thing like I thought that the podcast brilliantly brought out a bunch of emotion and feeling and this the storytelling you know those are like podcasts like that i love that like narrative focused podcasts i think i i think i like squealed to you in a dm like when 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 you you like you i saw it from you and i was like oh, i didn't know this even existed uh yeah i was i was uh so i'm a regular listen to that uh to the athletic football show and i just remember robert mays like closing out one of his episodes he's like yeah by the way uh Next week's going to be a little different over the 4th of July. Like we're going to be gone, but um, we've tapped in uh, Zach Kiefer to be uh, doing an episodic series on Andrew Luck and asking the question, what happened and why? And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And then they brought in Kiefer and he previewed it. And I like watched the trailer and I, I don't, and to be honest with you, like I, I, you do not have to be a Colts fan. You do not have to be a fan of Andrew Luck to appreciate that. Did you feel the same way? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, again, this buddy that I've referenced a few times, a huge Browns fan. He listened, he listened, he like listened and ripped through it ahead of me. And he's like, dude, you got, you're going to love it. Like I can't wait to listen to it. Another thing that stuck out as you were talking there about Zach Kiefer, Zach references a conversation he had with luck. I think last December, mm. he talks about, he's like, we sat for an hour and a half and we talked about, he lists some of the topics, you know, his time in sports, his family, what he's doing, you know, po- and he's like, but that whole conversation was off the record. I was like, <laughs> I was, I was like, there's a part of me that was hoping like, oh, maybe there's like a secret bonus episode where we're going to get that, get that, because just it's not going to happen. Like, it's a, it's another one of the things I, I like about it in the way that, and this is like a weird comp in a bunch of ways, but like, I like that, I like Andrew Luck's approach the way I like David Lynch TV shows or David mm. Lynch movies, which is, it's like, his approach is his approach. It's not going to capitulate to what I want or what you want or what the, the community or the hobby wants with Mr. Luck in the way that David Lynch is going to make David Lynch things. And if you like it, great. It's for you. And if you don't like it, he's like, I don't care. Whatever. And it's like, there's a parallel there that, you know, that I, that I feel, uh, or maybe I'm imagining, but uh, that I'm like, yeah, your thing, man. Like you never come back again. You never do another interview. Like, okay, I'll sit here and I'll sit here and miss you forever. I, uh, I was not expecting a David Lynch slash Andrew Luck comp, but I'm here for it. Um, yeah. And I think like, I think about the influence luck has had on my own collecting and it's this desire that I have as a fan and a collector to, uh, to have someone else take his spot in a way for a run that is of any bit of significance close to how he held the position and the memories and the moments that he gave me. I think, you know, obviously like, I'm probably overly aggressive with just that the COVID year with Philip Rivers and how much 
it was just like so much fun. And I hated Rivers and he came and we should have beat the Bills in the playoffs. It was just such a fun year. Taylor's a rookie, Pittman's a rookie. And so like I think about that memory of being at home, it's sucking, COVID was happening, and all I had was the Colts on Sunday and a new quarterback who I hated before, but all of a sudden grew an appreciation with. And then table that, bring in Carson Wentz. We don't even need to talk about that. But now, like, too, with Matt Ryan, it's like, man, I'm studying this guy. I'm learning this guy. I was out at camp. It's like, I want to grab a whole – like, no position is more important to me in the world than whoever's playing quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. So I want to collect that. So I've been, like, reflecting on that. And it's like, primarily, yeah, you've got the Peyton Manning of it all, but he's in his own, like, hemisphere for me. But it's just like trying to grab a hold of someone who can do something for a duration as long as Andrew Luck. And I just, I don't know, having that attachment to a player and kind of sh- infusing it with your collecting is, it to me, it's it's what it's all about. Well, and I think what you just described, like I would say back to you, is like you described this like beautiful gift that Andrew Luck's departure gave you. And like when you look at thinking about a Luck card for your own collection, it's in part because... Andrew not being here unlocked these other lanes, these other pursuits, this like mm-hmm. this pursuit of joy, you know, for you, like, you know, like Andrew gives in ways that we don't always understand in the moment. Right. But like, even what you just said like that, you know, that's like, because, because of, because Andrew, the giant's no longer with us. And like the, you know, the memories of him get augmented even further. When you look at Matt Ryan, your gold's Matt Ryan, your, your finest Philip Rivers stuff. It's just, it's all part of the story, man. It's all part of the story of your collection. And Andrew's like a key spot in that. You know, it was, there was a post that you made a long time ago. I mean, a long time ago, right? But it was probably in the last, it was for sure in the last year and a half where you're like back in the luck train, you're back on, you know, like the pain had subsided in some way. And you're like, I can, I can get back in here. I'm like ready to, I'm ready to try this again. And then like, it opens a door to a bunch of other folks. And that's like, I don't know, man, like, like it's like beautiful to me. <laughs> it's just like, that's what, that's kind of the point. Like it's kind of, sorry for me, maybe for you too, but like, that's kind of the, that's like part of the why. It is. um, And I never thought about it from that perspective, but without him doing what he did, it would, I would certainly not be collecting Philip Rivers and certainly not be collecting Matt Ryan. So I guess cheers to number 12. Before I get you out of here, I'd love to maybe hear about some of your favorite uh, luck cards since you've been back that you've picked up and maybe reasons why you enjoy them. Number one with an absolute bullet. One of my, yeah, I mean, maybe my favorite card design wise that I own is the 2014 flawless Andrew. Uh, I think it's the Emerald number to five. Like it looks like it's got the curve of the two in it. I posted about the card a long time ago and just from a pure aesthetic, like just design wise. And I know everyone's like, Oh, 2014 exquisite. Like, yes, it's true. It's, it's insane. It's incredible. Like it is it just, I love it. The photo, the signature, the inscription, like I love it. So that is probably my, my like favorite Andrew Luck card. Like if, like, I don't think like for my willingness and unwillingness to move on from stuff, I won't, that will never go anywhere. And it's still, it's still Panini encased, which I like. I think that, I think that's cool. Um, another one, uh, I, I got some of them out to, to look at them. It's actually uh, this, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, synced signatures from 2018 National Treasures, number to 10, number one of 10. Um, Drake's PC, I think, shot me a link to this when it came up on eBay. And I was, I think it was a, maybe a best offer. It was, it was sudden and instant. I believe the acquisition was, was quite quick. And they both inscribed their numbers on it. And 
it's just this like, yeah, beautiful picture of two quarterbacks who I think are, are awesome. And so those two are, are pretty impactful to me from the luck side. Like I've referenced a couple other things like select gold prism. The first year is, is awesome. The shine, the shine's rad, mm. but like those two on the luck side really, really stand out. Yeah. That uh, you've got a couple in there that I'm just like, I'm on the hunt for that. So I commented to you, I was like that, that select being one of them. Those cards are, I don't, you get one of those in hand and I've got the Matt Ryan. It's just, probably my favorite Matt Ryan card I have. I don't know what it is about it. It's like the design and the way the gold hits. It's just a gorgeous card. Yep. It's yeah. They're, they're spectacular. Um, another one of my like collection favorites, and this one's not even that, like, I don't think this is that cool. It's not like a cool card, but it's the, it's just the 88 Fleer number 17, Michael Jordan, man. Like that. I just, cause I, it takes me back to being a child, like being in the equivalent of like daycare or after school program. And, the, the older kid there, like the high schooler whose house it was in had one and I wanted it. And eventually like he gave me a dupe that he spilled coffee on that I think is probably still back in my parents' house where I grew up. And, and, and like that card, every time I look at it, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally feel like a kid again. That's the, that's like, that's, you know, that's what success looks like to me in a bunch of ways. Like it's, it's like that cards like that. I love it. Before I let you go. Um, What's your read on this year's Indianapolis Colts? How are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Um, well, so from a from a Madden perspective, I play a lot of John Madden football. I'm pretty excited, although I'm worried about Matt Ryan's throwing power in Madden. I think it's I think it's a little underrated. I think I think for the Colts this year, I'll be curious to see how the how the defense plays. Truly, like I'm I'm worried about Shaquille Leonard's durability. Truly, like I actually like real durability concerns. Uh, I want to see Quiddy Pays step forward uh, in a way. Um, I hope that Gilmore is as good as he seems like he's going to be on, on the camp side, but maybe he's just shutting down a mediocre Alec Pierce. I don't know. I want Pierce to be awesome. I want the Colts receiving core to be great. It feels like Ryan's never had a running back like Jonathan Taylor. And so we haven't talked about JT at all. Uh, I have uh, white budding Jonathan Taylor stuff, and it takes me back to – running backs, which is where a bunch of, I talked about Harbaugh early and like running backs when I was go back to 90, like 91, 92, 93, you're talking Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith debates, 94, 93, 94, you get the Marshall fall coming into the Colts. Like running backs were a huge part of, you know, they, they used to be these instant, they were almost like, they were more like institutions than they are today. And I missed, I missed that time. I hope that I hope for Indy, because you asked what I think of Indy this year, I hope that Jonathan Taylor becomes that like institution type player. I hope he gets to stay with us for, for his entire career. Like Quentin, I only want to see him in I only want to see him in one in one color jersey, royal blue and white. That's it. Uh, so I hope I hope we feed him this year. I don't think I've ever shared this with anyone, but it was a good time to to bring it up because uh, what you said uh on the Taylor front triggered this memory uh for me is when I was in the stadium this year and I was at the the Patriots game and I, I've probably watched the the breakout beat the Patriots run 5,000. It, there, there's a count how many times I've watched that video on YouTube. It's a million because I can remember being there in the excitement. When I got home from the game, you know, my evolution in the hobby told me, don't go to eBay and try to find a Jonathan Taylor card right now because it's probably not the best time to buy. But what I did instead was go search for Edger and James cards because he gave me plenty of those memories and moments, but they just weren't as fresh. So after that, then I found a PSA 10. 
uh, finest gold rookie card. And it, I, I, th- I just looked at the price of that card and then compared it to anything else, Jonathan Taylor. And I was, it put it into perspective for me. I'm like, this guy's a hall of famer. Like this is like exactly the card I want of him, like buy it. And so coming off the heels of that run in that moment, I came home, walked home from the stadium and I bought an Edger and James card because of that like institution and the running back position and the appreciation for what, where it's been in Indianapolis. What it's all about, right? Like the, and then you go back and like, you can get Hall of Famers. I mean, everyone does this. <laughs> like you're finding guys who had career. Like I love Jonathan Taylor. If we were just charting the likelihood that he has a better career than Edron James, it's not high. Like it's, it, I mean, like you peak 50, call it peak 50, 50 chance. And so, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want that to be true. I want it to be better. I want him to be amazing. You know, I want to, I want to be, you know, talking about him the way that I think about James and fall. You know, I want that. And I could do a whole thing on fall someday. So got a whole nother, uh, someday we'll talk, I'll talk about Marshall Falk, man. That guy is uh, he's special, but like, I don't know if that that's going to happen. And so James is a, is a genius buy genius to add to the collection. Cause he's like, that's a, that's a cult legend. We'll, we'll try to keep the, the hall of fame football buying on the download for now, because I feel like the words getting out there and people are starting to catch on, but I, 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 that's my comp. It's like, this guy was in the hall of fame triggers memories. Look at the price in comparison to someone out there. who's still got a left lot left to prove. I, this was fun, man. Anytime I can talk about Andrew Luck, talk about collecting and memories, I'm going to do it. So you can follow him at Memory Machines. Luke, thank you for your time and sharing some of those moments. We'll have to get you back on soon. I know there's a bunch of other topics we could riff on. Thank you so much. This was, this was super fun. Thank you so much. So many emotions going through my head as I had that conversation with Luke, visualizing Andrew Luck as the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts and all those memories and enjoying them through my collection. Hopefully, You are out there collecting with intention and collecting things that make you happy and not because of what someone else is telling you what to do. You take care. I'll be back. More Stacking Slabs next week.